Hello, hello, hello. This is Dr. Baker, J. Baker, and we're here with the Tell It Like It Really Is program. This is Tuesday night, and I am, actually, I'm excited. Uh, last week, we started talking about the temperament, and we started to talk about it in you. Tonight, I'm going to give you a little bit of background. I believe that it's important that you understand what it is that I'm talking about a lot of times the people think that when I'm talking about the temperament, that I'm actually talking about personality or talking about the way that Tim LaHaye or other uh, people have talked about it where there's four temperaments. Okay. I believe this. Oh, uh, I, what I'd like to, to ask you to do for me is to give me kind of a blank piece of paper. I want your interactions. I do want to hear questions. I want to hear, um, you know, things like that, that if I say something that you don't understand, I'd like to be able to, to you know, for you to interact with me so that you go off with a good understanding. Because the word of God says, with all of your getting, get understanding. Well, I want you to really understand the temperament. And there are five temperaments, just like there are five ascension gifts, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And there are five temperaments. I believe that uh, because it comes from an ingrained you, an inborn you, this is who it is that you were uh, uh, designed to be so that you could walk in the kingdom, so that you could be a vital part of the kingdom, so that you could fit into the part of the kingdom of God that he has intended for you to do, that your temperament is design, has designed you. You are a designed person. He, you are a designer child, okay? That you have been designed to work in certain aspects of the kingdom of God. There are certain places that you will shine as you go into these things. And I want to talk about that tonight. So I ask you to give me a blank piece of paper. I don't want it to be where you get so religious on me. You send in all of these scriptures and all of these different things and stuff. And you don't get the understanding of that we are a spirit. We live in a soul and we command, uh, I mean, we command, uh, we have, a, we have a mind, will, and emotions, which we command and we live in a body. And I want you to be able to understand these parts and how they work together and how God designed us and how he specifically designed us so that you actually know that there is a part of you that uh, uh, he placed in there and there's nothing that you can do about it. So many times what happens is really try to change who it is that we are. And when we do that, uh, what happens is that we uh, dilute our power or uh, we, we get a mixture of something that we don't know who it is that we are and we don't know how we fit. And so um, anyway, Father, I thank you that you give me a clear tongue. I ask you that you clarify the things that are needed to be clarified in me that the people are able to hear what it is that you have to say to us tonight. I thank you for the clarity in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, what I hope to do tonight is to provide, and, and I have a lot of notes. I did a lot of notes, did all my little colored notes and all these different things. So I'm going to really work diligently. I'm playing with my hair. I'm going to really work diligently to succinctly go through this so that I, I make sense to you to provide spiritual support for the theory of temperament, okay? And to uh, provide a deeper understanding of Christ's meaning of being yoked together, all right? If we can get to all of that, I don't know if we're going to get to all of it tonight because I only take an hour. I don't want to go over and over, okay? In Proverbs 20 and 27, it says, the spirit of man is the candle. Now, my picture of that is a candelabra, a candelabra or a candle. It, the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, searching the inward parts of the belly, searching the inward parts of who you are to recognize. I believe that that candle, the spirit is the candle of the Lord, searching uh, those parts, those things that he put in there, those temperament traits, those temperament you that he put in there in the beginning. Uh, the world believes that you were a blank slate when you were born, but uh, God shows forth that it's not. If you would have been a blank slate, then everybody would act the same way when they're born. And that doesn't happen. The theory of temperament means um, uh, it, may, it is a means for us to understand 
the inner workings of man, the temperament, and to shine like a light in the dark. We are to shine like lights in the dark. Okay, the unregenerated, the unborn again, the unborn from above man does not understand the temperament in the same way that the kingdom of God or that we can understand it, okay? We understand it as a threefold thing. We understand it as three different parts of us, and I will show that to you. We understand it as five different parts, as five temperaments, and there can be blendings of those, how you, what you want and what you want to receive. There's been over the years, many authors and theologians who have spent all kinds of hours and hundreds of books and theses and dissertations and all of those to clarify the mystery concerning the inner man. Uh, this has been, you know, it's complex. It's a complex subject. No one has exhausted it. No one will probably ever exhaust it, including myself or you or whoever, no matter how deep and wonderful we are, we will not exhaust this subject. But I want to give you a working thing so that you can understand how it is that you are made and that uh, Psalms 139 really, uh, uh, really resonates in you in uh, in living form. Okay. Uh, some overcomplicated, some, you know, just simplify it. So, um, but we're going to talk about two major schools of thoughts uh, or theolo uh, theological doctrines about the inner man. There's the dichotomist and the trichotomist, okay? The, di uh, the uh, dichotomist believes that there's only two essential parts to the body, the natural state of the body or the mind. It believes that the body, which was formed out of the dust of the earth, or the soul, and the soul, which is the principal part of life, as it talks about in Genesis 2-7. I think we read this last week, but it bears reading again. Reading again. One day the eternal God scooped dirt out of the ground, sculpted it into the shape that we call human, breathed the breath that gives life into the nostrils uh, into the nostrils of the human, uh, and it became a living soul. In this particular version, it says, when human body meets divine spirit, soul is born. Divine breath and sculpted earth come together to make up the living soul. For thousands of years, philosophers and theologians have posed the question, what is a human being? Here, God gives the answer, Okay. Uh, the eternal God has, has given the answer that we are a people, we are a species that's been made in his image and after his likeness. Okay, I'm going to read to you or share with you what the dichotomists think. They, uh, they believe, as I said, that there's only two essential parts. They believe that the soul, the soul to be the origin or the source of the whole life, whether it is the life of man or beast. Uh, that it is the principle of all life, uh, physical, intellectual, moral, religious. That is, um, that, uh, that is, there is one substance, the soul, which feels, remembers, and also, uh, and another substance, the spirit, which has the conscience and the knowledge of God. The dichotomists also believe and teach that man is made up of two distinctive parts, just two. And it's the body, which, of course, is the physical and the soul, which includes the inner man in his entirety, his will, his emotions, his intellect, etc. They believe that the spirit is simply a higher order or part of man's soul, that the dividing factor is, is that uh, between man and animal is that uh, the 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 uh, the higher soul is man and the lower soul is animal and they use Ecclesiastes three twenty one for that. Who knows the spirit of a man that goes upward and the spirit of a beast that goes downward to the earth? So this is what it is that they believe. I don't believe that way. Okay, and I'm going to share with you what the trichotomists believe, and I'm reading this out of their own stuff. So you know, I'm just sharing this. Okay. In the support of their belief, the man is a triune being. Uh, trichotomous quote, uh, this is the scripture that they use, 1 Thessalonians 5 and 23. The, uh, the God of peace himself sanctify you wholly and may your spirit and your soul and your body be preserved entire without blame 
until the coming of the Lord. Now, let me finish all the things that they believe before you come to a thing. Well, that's what I believe, okay, or, or whatever, all right? They believe that there are three parts of essential elements of man. The body, which is the material, the physical part of man. The soul is the principle of animal life. Man possesses it in common with animals. And it also belongs, um, it, it belongs simply understanding emotion and sensibility. Okay, that's the soul. I don't, I don't believe that I have the same soul as an animal, okay? The spirit is the mind, the principle of man, the rational and immoral life, the professor of reason and will and conscience, okay? Uh, God, um, they also, they believe, here's, here's this, God created man by uh, enlivening lifeless matter that he formed in a body and then creating a rational spirit, infusing it into the body, Genesis 2 and 7, we've already read that. Uh, at death, the body returns to the dust of the earth, which it came from, and the spirit returns to God, uh, in which who gave it. That's Ecclesiastes 12 and 7. All right. The soul of man, the soul, the soul of life uh, in the instance of an animal is the only is only an animal soul, which is the physical and material in nature, but perishes with the body. Uh, in which is a vital principle. However, the difference in the instance of man is that the soul is a higher principle and the, ra and the rational soul, which is breathed by the creator and made into his image. All right. All of these sound great. Let me, let me keep on with this. And then I'm going to show you that I'm going to show you what it is that the word of God truly says and how it is that you are uh, uh, that you are intricately made, that you were made on purpose, and there's nothing, no other, there's no plant, no animal, there isn't anything that can compare to you. And we'll be so showing you that out of 1 Corinthians, okay? There is, however, another school of thought that harmonizes with both the dichotomous and the trichotomous interpretation of the natural and the spiritual. 1 Corinthians 15.44. I'm going uh, to start at 1538. It says, God has designed a unique body for every plant species. Okay, if God designed a unique body for every plant species, then you know that you're not just a, a, a carbon copy of anything. The human body differs from the bodies of animals, and so do the bodies of fish and birds differ from all the other bodies. There are celestial bodies as well as terrestrial bodies terrestrial bodies. The glory of one difference from the other. There are skin bodies and spirit bodies. Our skin bodies have uh, a self-life. Our skin bodies have a day that it's got to return. I mean, you know, you can't use it after this date, but our spirit bodies, okay, our spirit bodies are eternal. And 2 Corinthians 5 and 1 lets you know that. The glory of the sun differs from the glory of the moon, while the one radiates light and the other one reflects light. Also, the stars differ from one another. One occupies its own unique place in space. You also, you also design, you also occupy your unique place. Nobody can be like you. Nobody was made to be you. You are unique. You are one in you you are one in all the trillions or however many people that's ever been on this earth. There has never been another you and there will never be another you. Um 42. So also with the resurrection from the dead, the body that was sown into the earth decays, but the risen person is immoral, immortal. I'm sorry. Uh, it is sown in sadness, but raised in honor. It is sown in fidelity and uh, in, in uh, fragility, but raised in power. 1544 was where I was going. It is sown as a physical body and raised as a spiritual body. The fact is that there is a physical body and it confirms that there is also a spiritual body. Uh, it's recorded in scripture how the first man, Adam, became a living soul, but the last man, Adam, is a life radiating spirit. 
in partaking of the resurrection life now, we radiate the Christ life. No wonder that Peter Shadow healed people just as the last Adam when he died, mankind's Adamic reference died. When God, when Jesus died that on, on the cross, there were three of them there. There was Jesus, and then there was the Adamic nature, and then there was the demonic spirit, okay? All of them were crucified. The Adamic nature was, uh, the Adamic nature was swallowed up in that, in, in that. And so now we live the Christ nature. We live that spirit nature. We are not we are not to conform to this world. We are not to conform to this flesh. We are not to conform to the ways that we used to be. We have the ability and we have uh, everything in us to conform to the nature of Christ, all right? And that is who it is that we are. And that's what our temperament assists us and helps us to do. It allows us to go through what it is that we have to go through, the way that we can go through it. This is the reason, well, there is no, uh, uh, th there is no uh, 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 pill that you can take that everybody is to be the same way, that everybody uh, uh, acts and reacts the very same way. It's just not happening. It is not happening. I, in my temperament, I go through things a different way than you might go through them. And even as I sp uh, spoke last week, even if you were an identical twin, there are some differences about you. You're not that identical. You're identical identical as far as man is concerned, but as far as God is concerned, he can recognize you just as a good parent can recognize their children. Um, uh, physical life uh, is the platform for the spiritual life. Without that physical life, then you wouldn't be able to go ahead and do what it is. You wouldn't be able to operate in this earth. Okay. So the school of thought refers to the redeemed resurrected body which will not be marked by the qualities of the ordinary animal life, even if they are presently uh, right and proper. The redeemed life will be opposed to everything carnal. Okay, when you were redeemed, that you're, 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 um, you were able to start to operate out of the strengths of your temperament. Before then, you were operating out of the weaknesses. You were operating out of the meanness, the cruelness. I don't care how kind you were or how good you thought you were. You weren't until you were redeemed, until you were bought back, until you would come into the kingdom of God. You were not able to operate in the strengths than which God has designed for you. Now, many times people are still operating in the weaknesses, but the whole thing of it is, here's the great news, that it doesn't take a whole lot to start to work in the strengths, to operate in the strengths because of how God designed you. He designed you to be able to pull those things out. He designed us so that our temperament would draw us to him, that we would need him, that we would never be self-sufficient, that we would never get our needs met on our own. I don't want a man to meet my needs. I don't want a woman to meet my needs. I don't want any of those to meet my needs. There's temperament needs that only God can meet, that only God can, that can only be met by God. And if he uses others to be able to utilize those things, so, so be it. But this is all about the kingdom. This is all about how God made you. This is all about how God designed you. This is how, why when you're not operating in your strengths, you are just, I mean, you know, you feel like, what is going on? Why do I keep failing? Why can't I get from one place to the other? Why can't I complete this task? Why am I feeling this way? It's because you are not operating in what it, uh, what it, it you're not operating at your highest level, which is your strengths. And even things sometimes can seem like everything is going super duper, going just super great. But you know that you're not operating in the strength. You're not operating with the kingdom. You're not working with the kingdom. And we have to realize something, that our temperaments were put in us because he knew that when we were born again, we were heir of God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ so that we were still meant to operate with him. We are seated in him in heavenly places and he is in us by the power of the holy spirit in the earth so we were never meant to do all of this on our own i just hope that this is making some kind of sense to you it's exciting to me i just i i, I just uh 
I, I get off on whatever that means. Uh, I get excited about this, this, this part of it. First Corinthians 3, 1 says, my brothers and sisters, I cannot address you as people who walk by the spirit. I have to speak to you as people who tend to think in merely human terms as spiritual infants in the anointed one. Okay. Many of us will not change to the kingdom culture and start to speak and start to talk and start to act the way that God is saying that is necessary to operate in the kingdom of God. First Corinthians 2 11 says this, um, Oh, let me let me read 10 first. God has shown us these profound and startling realities through his spirit. The spirit searches all things, even the deep mysteries of God. Who can see into man's heart and know his thoughts? I'm going to read 12 also. Only the spirit that dwells within the man. In the same way, the thoughts of God are known only by the spirit. So uh, the spirit is the spirit of God that's going to lead and guide us into God's will, into all truth, into Jesus, into what it is that he wants. This is about the temperament. Okay. You must know that we have not received the spirit of this rebellious and broken world, but the spirit that comes from God so that we may experience and comprehend the gifts that come from God. We do not speak of these gifts of God in words shaped by human wisdom. We speak in words crafted by the spirit because our collective judgment on spiritual matters is accessible to those who have the spirit. But a person who denies the spiritual uh, realities will not accept the things that come through the spirit of God. They all sound like foolishness to him. He is incapable of grasping them because they are dis, uh, 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 they are not understood. They are not uh, discerned and valued by the spirit. A person who walks in the spirit examines everything, seizing it up, seeking out truth, but no one is able to examine or size up the kind of spirit uh, uh, that the person for the spirit asks, does anyone know the mind of the Lord well enough to become his advisor? But we do possess the mind of the anointed one. We do possess the mind of Christ. So that means that we can operate. That means that as we're in him and he's in us, we can operate at a higher level. We can operate. We're supposed to operate at a higher level. And you say, well, what does this have to do with temperament? It has almost everything to do with temperament. I'm talking about temperament in the kingdom of God, how it is that you know that you can do these things. Remember in 1 Corinthians 10, 5, I think it is, he says this. No situation is going to come upon you, is going to come into your life, except those things that are common to who man is. But God has already placed in you, already made, already designed you, already qualified you, already, already put everything in you that will give you your way of escape. And your way of escape is different than mine, maybe. If we're not the same temperament, your way of escape is, and, and the purpose that I'm in this earth for, my call, my, my, my job, the place that I am at that very moment, he has made a way of escape. And our temperament is a valuable, valuable part. You need to know who you are so that you're not comparing yourself with anyone else. Because if you're comparing yourself with someone else, then what you're going to do is you're going to blow it. You're going to make a mistake. You're going to try and do it the way that they did it. And you're not capable of doing it that way. Why? Because you have been uniquely made and formed to do it your way, to do it the way that God has placed it on the inside of you. And this is why we listen to that inward man. We listen to how we're going to get through this thing. We go to him. We, we hear him talking to us. Um, let's see. <laughs> Am I making sense to anybody out there? Somebody talk to me, please. <laughs> if there's nobody out there, I'll just keep on talking to myself because this is good to me. I, I, I enjoy it. In fact, I'm going to have a class, a school 
so that uh, what what's going? Thank you, Frederick. Uh, uh, we're going to have a school in San Jose so that I can teach this because this is the way pastoral counseling, pastoral uh, uh, counseling, and helping to uh, prepare people and helping people that are in the ministry that are working in the ministry, no matter what parts of the ministry it is. Everything works through the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. What do I mean by that? The temperaments that God has placed in us. Every single solitary person. Uh, thank you, Kim uh, uh, Star. Uh, every single solitary person has the ability and, and is able to work in some of these things. This is the reason that many times people misquote somebody and say, this is a prophet. Why? Because they're prophesying. Or this is an apostle. Why? Because they started a ministry and they started another ministry. Or they did this or they did this. Understand this. Everybody. In those five, in those five parts of the of, of, of the body, the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. Remember, they're all gifts of the Spirit of God, and He utilizes us in these things as He will. If He needs someone to release a, a, a apostolic word, if He needs someone to release a prophetic word, if He needs someone to to work as an evangelist, if He needs that, then that person can do that, whether they lay person or they're one of the ascension gifts they're able to do this he does what he wills they're not our gifts this is my gift it's not yours it belongs to him and when we recognize that and realize that we're going to be so much better off um th this uh i'm, I'm going to go ahead and continue with my book and and uh, uh and help you with this but i'm i'm keeping track of my time too okay uh, this is a spiritual body. Uh, it, it's a contrast between these these different things. Uh, Hebrews 4.12 says that uh, thus, the spiritual body, when contrasted with the natural body, is a body free from fresh, uh, fleshly lust, okay? And is elevated above the, the, the uh, physical passion and appetites that are characteristic of natural man. Okay, I'm going to bust myself. I'm going to tell you something. When I first got gave God, when I first was born again, born from above, I had been, you know, my, my life was 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 raunchy. I had lived a raunchy life. And so when I came in and I found out you weren't, you know, that uh, having sex outside of marriage was uh, a call was not of God. And so when I read that, when I heard that the very first week, very first, well, let's see, I've been in a. Uh, orgy the night before I got saved. And then I found this out the next day uh, or the same day. So that meant that that was cut off. Sex was cut off. This was this was cut off and whatever it was. And I had given him my word. I said, okay, I'm going to give you the same number of years and I'm going to serve you as deeply as I serve the devil. I didn't know what I was saying, but these are words that were put in my mouth that came out of my mouth. And so therefore it was whatever it is that you tell me to do, I will do it. The first thing that he gave me was obedience. Six, uh, he also gave me Matthew 6.33. Everything that uh, every ministry, every part of my life is all about obedience. It's all about obedience unto God. It is not a labor. It is not hard to obey God. I want to obey God. I didn't come into this to obey myself. I didn't come into this to obey the devil. I didn't come in this to obey my flesh. I came into this because I was tired of who it was that living outside of who I am, living outside of my temperament strengths. I was tired of this. I didn't understand the temperament. I didn't understand any of those things. But all I knew is that even though I seemed successful in the world, I, I was not broke when I came into him, even though I lost everything right after I did. Um, or any of those, uh, any of those things, I knew that I had to give up my, my will. I knew I had to give up my way. I knew that there had to be another way. Otherwise, there was no sense in coming into him. But what? You know, I mean, I already thought I had missed hell because I was saved when I was 12 years old. Okay. So, you know, giving him my life was what I gave him. I didn't just give him my little heart. I gave him my life. I said, here's the life. You do whatever you want to do with it. You know, you just tell me what to do and I'll do it. And this is the way I this is the way I came in. So in that I couldn't obey what it was that 
that my body wanted to do. I found myself on my face, on my knees, uh, uh, presenting all these different parts of my body so that my body would not just be aching and, and, and wanting to go and do what it had done before. The drugs, the alcohol, the sex, the, all of these different perverted type things that I had been into. Okay, the spiritual body is in union with the spirit of God, marked by the qualities which characterize the spirit-led man. When we are operating in our temperament strengths, we are operating in the spirit. The temperaments, the temperament was put in you before you were, uh, he already had a design, but it was put in you. You were born with this. So the strengths in you are always calling towards God. They've been always calling to, towards him. Um, Hebrews 4.12, for the word of God, okay? Now, he spoke these things into you. He wove them into you. For the word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. I'm going to read it out of another version also. So that's what I'm looking for here. Okay. Hallelujah. Okay. Hebrews 4. Okay. That's 3. Okay. 4 and 12. I'm going to read it out of two of them. Uh, the word of God, you see, is alive and moving, sharper than a double-edged sword, piercing the divide between the soul and the spirit, joints and marrow, able, able, okay, to judge the thoughts and the will of the heart. No creature, verse 13, no creature can hide from God. God sees all, everyone and everything is exposed, open, for him for his inspection and he's the one we will have to explain ourselves to by god's word everything finds a rhythm a place it fills empowers enlivens and redeems us but it also divides and destroys it pierces and exposes our disobedience and unfaithfulness so that we know that this is not of him. In the King James, it reads, for the, the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even the dividing asunder of the soul and the spirit and the joints and the marrow and is the discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. And we all know that God is a spirit. Man is a, uh, is, is a spiritual being created in God's own image and in his likeness. He created us that way. He created us and in, in, in Jesus, excuse me. <coughs> excuse me, I get so excited. I just swallow everything. In Jesus, you'll see all of the different temperaments. You'll see the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. You will see all of the different temperaments operating. You'll see all of them coming out. You'll see this in that. Okay, because if he made us in his image and in his after his likeness, he also made us. I mean, even in the rejection, even in the the uh, uh, um, being invited into things and not this. He just did not operate in the weaknesses. He operated in the strengths all the time. And so that lets me know that I can operate in my strengths. I don't have to operate in my weaknesses or from my weaknesses. Um, it says, uh, God created man, a spiritual being, so he could communicate with them. Uh, Adam commune, uh, uh, he, he com um, communicated with God in the, in the garden and he had fellowship and he had harmony. Okay. And then he blew it. And after he blew it, he had, man had to be driven out of that place and he had to go and meet his own needs. He started to meet his own needs. God met, God covered them. Adam tried to cover himself. We all know those stories. And what happened was he didn't cover himself even properly. He did, he was not able to cover himself. He was not able to meet his needs. So what happened? God swooped in and God covered him. God took care of him. God did what it is that God did. It let us, it lets us know that God wants communication with us, but his communication has to be done a certain way. 
It is not going to be just any way. Well, I can come to God any old way I want to. I can do this any old way I want to. No, 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 you can't. It's not you, but you have on the inside of you the ability to communicate with God and to communicate his way. Okay, therefore, a man has a heart hunger, sometimes drives man into the world in order to satisfy that something on the inside of him. That hunger for God will drive him in his ignorance, which is what it did, that it drove you, drove me before we received Jesus to seek pleasure and material things to meet their own temperament needs in ungodly ways. And this will drive him to obsessions and to cults and the hunger that's on the inside. This is the reason that you see many people in these different cults. You see the tarot cards, you see all of these things. People are driven to meet their needs. They have a hunger for God, but they're searching after a wrong God. This is the thing where the adversary, this is one of the reasons that I believe the word of God tells us, do not be ignorant of the adversary's devices. What is one of his greatest devices? He wants to be like God. So what does he do? He takes things and he turns them around. He turns them and makes them like he wants them to be, just like uh uh, he's doing in so many different things uh, today. I'm not going to talk about that today. I'm going to stick to the temperament. Okay. All right. We seek pleasure uh, and material things to meet his temperament needs in ungodly ways. It will drive him to obsession. The hunger that is on the inside of everyone has given birth to many of the religions in the world. The reason a person becomes obsessed with those things is because his spirit is seeking, trying to find God. Man's spirit apart from God is never satisfied, okay? The temperament on the inside of you, how he made you, how he designed you, we seem to want to think that we're only these things on the inside. We have to start to think deeper. We have to start to understand that God has given different parts and different people in the body, different areas that they understand. And I mean, there are things that many of the people that I listen to, they have understanding of things that I'm saying, wow, this is really great because this comes in with my part. I can see this now. I can see why this part is necessary. I can see why I have to walk in the strengths of this. I can see why the temperament, as I've been studying the tabernacle with Apostle Cal, as I was studying the tabernacle with Apostle Cal a long time ago, but especially as I started to do this program and all of this, I see so, so I see so how the temperament is important as I'm doing this thing on Wednesdays with Apostle uh, McGee and, and uh, Prophet Randy, I'm seeing how our temperament, the certain temperaments of people that will commit, so that, 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 that get depressed to the place that suicide is that, that their minds run so much and all the time that they can't shut it off and then they don't have sleep. They don't have rest. They don't have what is necessary for the body. And so therefore they want to sleep at whatever cost. I, I can understand the different temperaments and the lack of understanding that people have and saying, I'm not willing to fight this sickness anymore. I'm not willing to fight this anymore. All I want to do is rest. All I want to do is sleep. All I want to do is just get out of here. I understand that. But when you don't understand, but if you start to understand your temperament and you start to understand how it is, that God made you, then you will have the fight on the inside of you. Every single solitary person in the whole world has thought these thoughts. And some of you saying, I have it, liar, liar. Everybody has that thought. The adversary has no new tricks and he will run that thought through your head. You did same thing I did. You rejected it. But it came trying to pass through. You spoke to it and let it know you will not. You cast down that imagination. You took it captive. And we're going to talk about that. And, and uh, we're going to talk about taking those things captives also. Okay. Uh, man's spirit, uh, uh, apart from God, is never, ever, ever satisfied. Uh, that hunger, uh, it can never satisfy that hunger heart. And if you want to get in touch with us, our information should be running across the screen, screen periodically. It's www.morethanmteminc.org. 
And uh, you can contact us. And I think a phone number there is 408-945-4439. You know, that's how you can get in touch with us and you can ask any questions or you can make comments or or any of those things. Again, that's more that that's www.mteminc.org. And we will have uh, we will get a, a thing that will run across so that you'll be able to see that. I don't want to have just to do this program and you not be able to get in touch with us or just to bring up something at the end of it telling you to give me some money. That's not what I want to do. I want you to be able to to uh, interact with us. Okay. Uh, we'll never be satisfied until the person accepts Jesus Christ. The thing of it is, is this, in our temperament, as I said, you were born with it and you'll die with the same temperament. But what happens is that you're working and operating out of your weaknesses Consider this, in man's endeavors to be reconciled to God, he is in fact attempting to meet his own temperament needs. This is my God. This is the way I believe. This is what's going to make me happy. This is what's going to fulfill me. This is what's going to fill my life. If an individual could meet every temperament need in ways that are pleasing to God by drawing from the spirit area, he would be perfect. This is, of course, idealistic. Man has not been able to reach that point that he can solely, that he does solely walk in the spirit. You see, uh, uh, who was it? Enoch. Enoch walked in the spirit. He walked in that place of faith. And so until God just took him on with him. I mean, you know, he was, he was, he was a bad dude. He just went ahead and he just did it. And he just went on to be with God. Sometimes we walk in the flesh. Sometimes we start to feel sorry for ourselves. And this is a part of temperament. If you're aware of who you are, how it is you operate, then you can bypass some of those things. And I'm still working on it. I mean, I've been doing this for a lot of years. And most of the time I am, I am up 99.9% of the time, but I hate that little other time when I'm going from one phase of something to another uh, 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 phase of something, when I'm going from one uh, uh, part of, of, of ministry or something that's being taken out of my life or added into it. I go through, I go through stuff and I know how I go through it. And if I have to cry through it, I cry through it. Whatever it is that I have to do to keep from following the flesh and following my, my, my lower, my, my, my physical nature and my emotional nature, this is what it is that I do. So a lot of my tears are tears are spirit tears. I mean, they come out in the natural, but I realize where it is that I'm going, that God is making some changes in me. And so I do what it is that's needed to be done. Okay, although the temperament has not been specifically named in the Bible, uh, we believe, I believe that there is really uh, enough proof that it does exist. In fact, the temperaments is made up of three areas. Now, we talked about this before. The inclusion, which is your intellect and the way that you socialize. The control area, your area of control. Okay, Uh, I believe that that's your mind, your will, your emotions and all of that stuff. The area of control is this will and the willpower. I believe that that is a part of our spirit man so that I will, I will, I will to do what God wants to do. Not my will, but your will be done. That area of control, I want to do this and so therefore I express this. I express that I I agree with you. I will seek first your kingdom. I will follow you. And you see, that's that part of it. Uh, the area of affection, which is your emotional realm, which is how you act and react to people that are close to you, uh, whether it be a husband, a wife, a child, a friend, a neighbor, whatever it is, your areas of trust, whether you express a lot of love and affection and whether you want little or not, whether you express little, but you want a whole lot, whatever there is, there's these combinations of things, you know, it, it's like, um, and, and in your area of control, whatever areas are, are either uh, uh, compulsive or whatever areas are purest, those are the areas and those are the whatever parts of the temperaments is that. That's the one that's going to control. Temperament is a part of man that determines how he interacts with his environment and how his environment interacts with him. You know, our environment interacts with us also. Um some uh, some researchers, some people have said, have stated that their beliefs that 
uh, the heart of man is his temperament. I don't believe that it's the heart of man that is his temperament. I believe that the the uh, it's a part of it. But anyway, we believe that man is a triune being created in God's image, made up of a body and a, uh, a spirit, soul, and a body. We also believe that the temperament is found in the soul area. Um, great, great. We have our information up there. Uh, the heart is found within the spirit and the soul and is a linking device between them. So it's all interconnected. It's all interconnected. Uh, these three different areas is the inner part and they are closely related and it's difficult to distinguish. But within biblical text, they are different functions. Okay. The spirit. Uh, I'm, gosh, I'm running out of time. The spirit created by God is the source of life. See Psalms 104 and uh, 29. Let's go there right quick. Which Bible? Okay, Psalms. Okay. Hallelujah. Uh, Psalms 104. If you have it, read it for me. No. <laughs> if I was in the service, I'd say, if you have it, read it for me. Okay. Uh, let's go here. 29. Okay. <clears throat> when you withdraw your presence. Okay. Okay. Uh, 29. When you withdraw your presence, they are dismayed. When you revoke their breath, their life goes out of them and they become again the dust of the earth from which you formed them in the start. When you, uh, when you send out your breath, life is created. And the face of the earth is made beautiful and is renewed. May the glorious presence of the internal linger among us forever. May he rejoice in the greatness of his own works. Okay. I mean, this is, this is letting it be known where it is that you came from. This is, this is powerful here. When you send out your breath, life is created. So we didn't do this on our own. Man didn't do this. It couldn't have been a big bang. It couldn't have been any of that. Uh, as in John 63, in the spirit, uh, it is the spirit that quickens the flesh, uh, profits nothing. The words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. You see, the words that we speak are spirit and they make life. They are life. They give life. They create life. They put life to things. And when that, Jesus said that death and life is in the power of the tongue. Do you understand that? So when I understand how it is that I speak, when I understand what it is that I say, when I'm understanding who it is that he made me, then I'm speaking out of that. If I'm in my weaknesses, if I'm a melancholy person that's in my weaknesses, and then I let those words come out of my mouth, I am not an extrovert. I'm an introvert in a lot of parts of my, in, in parts of my life. I'm an, I'm, I'm, a, I'm an introvert. Okay. And in that introverted state, I can just start to think, 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 and get myself into deep trouble. But I thank God that he also made me and put me a part of me, the, uh, the, the part on the inside that I can say, no, I'm coming out of this. I have to pull myself out of this. This is what it is. And I know he made me so that I can concentrate. He made me so that I can put my mind in the order that he wants it to be. Same thing in you. Just work different ways okay when jesus spoke these words he linked our knowledge and understanding to his through the intellect of man but god uh first uh, corinthians 2 10 but god has revealed them to us unto us by the spirit for the spirit searches all things yes the deep things of god all right. Uh, what are the ways does God, I'm, I'm going to talk about what other ways does he reveal himself, reveals things to man and how can he be reached? And he's, um, Mary sung, uh, did this, my soul does magnify the Lord and my spirit has rejoiced in him. That's Luke 1, 46 and 47. We put all these definitions and all of these preceding verses into this. We can look at it and it says, my will and my love, my love of God show his greatness while my intellect finds happiness in the Savior. Cast away from you all transgressions which have transgressed and and make you a new heart and a new spirit for you. For why will you die? O house of Israel. That's Ezekiel 8, 18, three. Okay. 
simply, I don't have very much more time. I've said that a couple of times. Let me just get to this temperament part so that you can ask questions or uh, um, um, different parts of you can be. You can you can be an introvert in inclusion or you can be an introvert in affection. You can be an extrovert in different parts of you. As we start to go through it, I think next week, we're going to go through some of the actual traits and, and, and those parts, but I'm going to try and take these few minutes, these last few minutes and just, and just hit it with temperament stuff. Okay. I just wanted to give you an understanding of what it is that I'm talking about when I talk about temperament. Okay. Uh, the soul includes the intellect, which is the inclusion. I already said that the will, uh, which is control, the emotions, affection, inclusion, control, and affection. All three of those are parted by the simple logic of temperament is found in, in, in the soul area, and it might be a linking device between the two. Um, temperament is a determining factor in the spiritual development of mankind. How we develop and what we develop into. There are people that will never be uh, scholars. There are people that will understand a certain part of what it is that they're to do and that's what it is to do you see this in the tabernacle you see where god had equipped this one i have filled this one with artistry i have filled this one with this i have filled this with this there are parts of temperament there are temperament there are 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 in in, in certain in the sanguine in certain parts of the temperament there's all these expressions all of this uh, i mean all of these uh, abilities and and all of these things the entertaining and all of this kinds of stuff the evangelistic things that will come out of that sanguine all of these different kinds of things the the uh the organization of the phlegmatic all of these different parts of of, of who it is and you can be a combination because you can express one day one way and want something else you can express and want you can express and want it has it, it it's to the extent of which it is there is very 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 few uh, uh temperaments that are just pure i'm a pure caloric i'm a pure sanguine i'm a pure this no 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 you're one way when you out there when you're another way when you're doing business you're another way when you do this you're another way when you do this you're not because your body was not made that way. You are a spirit, you live in a body, and you have a soul. So you were not made that way. You were not made that simple. You were uniquely, you were, you were magnificently made. There was imagination with you, okay? Uh, when I get excited, my nose itches. So I'm just letting you know that. That's not a part of my temperament, but that's just a part of who it is I am. Um, let's, let's see. Temperament, uh, we, we already did that. Um, um, is a spiritual factor in development. The Bible also talks about the, the mind of inclusion and, and the will and all of those things. If any of you be willing to do, uh, 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 John 7, 7, you got to be willing to be able to do, willing to be able to do. This is also a part of a temperament thing. This is also the part of control. I have the control to be willing to do something. If I'm willing to do it, then God will go ahead and work with me and manifest these things in and through me. Uh, Mark 7, 21 through 23. Uh, for from within, out of the heart of man proceeds evil thoughts. Let me read this out of this other Bible. I'm just going to take the time to do this. And if you have to go, it's okay. I don't even know how many people out there anyway, so it's all good. Okay, Mark 4. I mean, Mark 7. Okay. 7. I really like these um, computer-type things, but sometimes my fingernails don't, don't work with them that well. Okay, Mark 21. Um, I'm going to start at 18. Do you mean you don't understand this one either? Whatever goes into people from the outside cannot defile them because it doesn't go into their hearts. Outside things go through their gut and back out, thus making all foods pure. Okay, I wanted to read that so I can get to the 20 and 21. No, uh, it's, it's what comes from within that corrupts. 
That's what grows out of the hearts of people that leads to corruption, evil thoughts, immoral sex, theft, murder, adultery, greed, wicked acts, treachery, um, uh, uh, sensuality, jealousy, slander, pride, and foolishness. All of these come from within, and these are the sins that truly corrupt a person. Although Mark specifically states that Jesus is the overriding uh, the Old Testament dietary laws. Oh, anyway, well, I'm not going to get into that. But what it is, is this. It's a very interesting thing. Here it is. What's on the inside of you will have the power to control the outside of you. It's not what goes in, but it's what comes out. I'm going to further try to explain. Oh, yeah, I got a little time. Uh, to further explain the evil thoughts and uh, and the uh includes in the area of adulteries, fornication, lasciviousness, lusting, and all of these in the area of affection. That's an inclusion. Those are the things that come out in inclusion. So we're going to, as we go, uh, as we go along, we're going to be able to show you how to work with the word of God and to allow your, your strengths to be able to pull those things out, no matter what temperament it is that you are and how it is that you're operating. God has made a way for you to escape. Remember that, remember that scripture. In the area of affection, uh, areas of te uh, temperament is sin, of uh, pride, foolishness, blasphemia uh, is found in the areas uh, in the areas of control. Areas of the temperament is wickedness, deceit, murder, theft, covetousness. A combination of the two or more temperaments needs inclusion, control, and affection. It's like um, I'm in, in mine. I'm pure inclusion. Uh, I'm pure control and I'm cure pure affection. And um my 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 graphs, I'm gonna I'm gonna show you a graph one day. If I have one here I can show it to you. But if not, I, I will show you a graph and kind of how it works. Uh, let me find one. Oh here's one. Yeah. Okay. Nobody's name is on this one. Okay. Here's the way the graph works. I keep talking about, uh, here's like inclusion here. Okay, this is what you express and this is what you want. That's in the area of, of, uh, of affection. Okay, I mean of inclusion. Here's control. You express this, but you want, you want someone to have this control uh, there. This one happens to be um, um, cal uh, caloric phlegmatic, caloric phlegmatic, expressed as a caloric, but wants as a phlegmatic. This one happens to be uh, a phlegmatic, expressing as a phlegmatic, but wants as a sanguine. This, uh, that's in, 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 in that area. Now, the area of affection ex expresses as a phlegmatic, but also wants as a sanguine. And as we get into this, we're going to be able to show you that you can have, um, different parts of who it is that you are, but out of these five temperaments, I, there are so many things in the word of God that are about five. There's all of them, all of them will fit in that apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher, those ascension gifts. They're the gifts of the spirit of God. Um, there's so many other parts of this that I wanted to get to. Um, Temperament imperfections are really the weaknesses, okay? They're imperfections and they're, they're weaknesses. But what happens is this. God has made a way for us to come to him and for him to make those imperfections perfections uh, as far as he's concerned. In other words, we call those weaknesses and he uh, let the weak say that they're strong. I'm strong in him because he has made it. He has given inside of me everything that is needed to be able to do that uh, for as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And, uh, you know, the, the one says, eat and drink, says he, but his heart is not in it. Proverbs 23, 7. Uh, this helps us to understand the three areas of man and temperament and um, uh, that all these things must be right with God. I am going to continue on this part. I thought I was going to be able to finish this part, but I wasn't. I made too many notes. But I don't care because I want you to get this. I I love you, and um, I I want you to get this. I want you to understand how 
how precious you are, how wonderfully God has made you, and how you are not an accident, how he created and put these on the inside of you. And it's not about your personality. Remember, the personality is the thing that we make and that we fake out, in other words, for people to be able to like us. We have figured out how to pretend. But what happens is this with the, the, the temperament. What happens is just like a... Um, uh, a desk that you find and you start to strip it and then you start to find out that this, I mean, you saw the desk and it had fine lines and it had all of those things and it right remind you of a Chippendale, but you know what all that paint and all that kind of stuff on there couldn't be a Chippendale, couldn't be something precious, couldn't be any of that. And you start to carefully take off all of those paints, all of those different coats of all of those things. And you find out that it is that it is just what you thought it was. That is something precious. It's something with great value. It's something with great worth. And that's the temperaments that God placed on the inside of us. And as we go through the tabernacles on Monday, and as we go through this on Tuesday, and the other parts of the different things that I'm doing, I guarantee you, you will see yourself. You will see that you be in the temple of Holy Spirit, be in the temple of God, that you will be able to fit into that great temple who Jesus Christ is, that there is a part in you, that there is a part that's drawing. And then you will not want to be like anybody else. You will be happy. You will be excited just being who God made you to be. This is Dr. Baker, J. Baker. And um, with the tell it like it, uh, tell it like it really is. If you desire to give into this ministry to help us do what it is that uh, we're doing, there's four ways to do it. You can mail to P.O. Box 4400, Manteca, California, 95337, Cash App, PayPal, or Zelle. So, um, you know, please give generously if you've received something. And, um, you know, uh, remember our email address. I mean, our, our thing, our website is www.mteminc.org. And I definitely want to hear from you. Thank you for allowing me to come into your home. Again, I love you and you are special. And we're gonna, you're gonna know who you are. See you next week.